Hey, Steeler fans, welcome back to another edition of the Steel Crew Podcast. My name is Matt from the Steel Crew. Today with us, we've got a special guest on air today, Casey Bethay. Casey, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? Thanks hey, for having me. Hey, no problem, no problem. Anytime. Thanks for coming on. Hey, so before we get started, uh, tell me a little bit about being in Philadelphia for the events after the Super Bowl. I, I saw all your videos and I saw all your photos. Tell me, how crazy was it? Man, this so I, I go to uh, Temple University out here in Philadelphia, and this is literally like the perfect time to be out here. I mean, the Eagles finally made this run, and just to, to see all the uh, Temple students and all the Eagles fans, like this, the city's crazy. There's people doing crazy stuff. You see how they respond to uh, winning, and then especially once uh, Wentz goes down, and you got everyone in the city counting them down, even fans themselves counting the team out and to see them still getting these wins is crazy it's something that i'm glad i'm a part of to see even though i hate to say it as a Redskins fan but it was great yeah i was gonna say it had to have been tough being a Redskins <laughs> fan and seeing that especially a team that's in your division yes. and I'm, I'm assuming like the whole country too you don't like tom brady either <laughs> yeah, so so we can, we can go and assume that so it's like really a lose-lose for you yeah, and exactly. I, I've definitely been in that position because, you know, it, you know, a few years back it was Baltimore and, and San Francisco. You know, for us it's Baltimore, and, you know, it's their division rival, and then you got San Francisco. If they win, then they match you with the six Super Bowls. So it's like I, I've definitely been in that position before. But um, now was, was it as crazy as it looked on videos from, like, Barstool Sports and just stuff on Twitter? Was it really that crazy? I mean, we saw people, you know, getting down on the ground and eating horse crap, for God's sake. I mean, it was – Yeah, I would say – it definitely was that crazy, but, like, since Philly being so big and, like, the amount of people that were outside, it was kind of hard to come across stuff that extreme. But you definitely had your fair share of uh, things going on that that, that you, you could only believe if you actually seen it with your eyes. It was definitely enough of those uh, scenarios going on out here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it looked like so much fun. And I was, like, just looking at your stuff, and I was like, wow, like, this is – a place I wanted to be, and you know, be, me being all the way out here in Southern California, it's like, well, you know, I'm stuck out here, nothing really going on, but I wish I was there. It looked like a lot of fun, but um, so we'll get away from that. We'll, we'll start getting on topic now because people who are gonna be listening to this are probably gonna be getting upset, like, oh, why are we talking about the Super Bowl it's five days ago? So um, one of the main concerns in the off season so far, and it's been like this for maybe about a year now, is uh, the, the Le'Veon Bell contract situation and. You know, are the Steelers going to get him signed long-term? Are they going to franchise tag him again? You know, we, we, we heard a couple of nights ago, he's at the L.A. nightclub, and he's saying he'll play for the Jets for $100 million, which is just absolutely through the roof. Yeah, that's crazy. And and it's like, you know, are, is he is he worth – let me ask this. Is he worth that kind of money? For, I mean, $100 million? I mean, it, it, that that's a lot of money to be thrown out at a guy, you know, who's had injuries in his career, a guy who's, you know – Hasn't really came through, you know, playoff time. Like I said, with the injuries, he played in the full season last year. Is he worth that kind of money? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great question. And it's kind of funny because I've been asking myself this question about Kirk Cousins. That if he was worth $100 million, so now to, to take the same figure and associate that with Le'Veon Bell is, is, is kind of crazy. But um, to answer the question, I, th- I think he's worth a lot of money. I think he's clearly the best running back in the league. I think he's clearly the most versatile running back, so he deserves the most money now, $100 million. I don't know about that. I would say um, in terms of, like, guaranteed money, maybe, like, 
$40 million. I'm not sure what the most like guaranteed is, but I think he definitely is worth the most amount of money depending on what kind of moves you guys want to make for other positions. That, that'll definitely play a part in it, but I think he's clearly the best running back in the league and somebody who I should want to keep around for a long time. Hold on, you're, you're saying better than Chris Thompson. But no, I mean, you bring up the guaranteed money, and they did. The Steelers did offer him a deal last offseason that he declined, and I, I believe it was somewhere around God, thirteen, fourteen million they offered him per year. But it was the guaranteed side that he didn't like. Now, like you said, he may not be worth the hundred million dollars, but the Steelers are sitting. They're sitting against a, a tight, tight wall right now with cap space. I mean, they're they're barely over maybe $3 million in cash space. So they're going to have to do a lot of restructuring. But, um, I mean, should, should they invest long-term? I mean, do you think they should franchise tag them? It's just that there's a lot of ways they can go with this. But in your opinion, do you think franchise tag would be the best thing to do for right now and then maybe wait until, you know, the cap gets freed up a little bit next year? I mean, what, what in your opinion, what do you think is the best option? Yeah, that's a, a great point that you make there. Normally – I hate to keep going back to Redskins situations, but as far as franchise tag, and I'm clearly not really a fan of that, but I think in this way, like you mentioned, after next year, the cap space will actually clear up a little bit. So I think depending on what happens with Roethlisberger, maybe he walks goals, maybe a couple guys leave, it'll free up cap space. So I think, yeah, franchise tag in this case would probably end up being the best decision for you guys. I think for anyone else, a long-term deal would be good, but since you guys have so many uh, talented players and so many players getting paid a lot of money, I think a franchise tag, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, would be the ultimate wisest decision at this point. And he's already said that he, he would consider retirement if the Steelers were to franchise tag him. I don't know yeah. I don't know how, how deep I'd look into that. Here's the thing. Casey, if you're Le'Veon Bell... Would you miss out on fourteen, fifteen million a year on the franchise tag just because you didn't get a long term deal? I mean, who, who, and who, and what mind would would want to sit out a year and not collect all that money? Which is just beyond me. Like, here's the thing: the Steelers they're they're trying to get him long term. They're they're doing all they can, but they, you know they got to work together here. And I I feel like the you know Bell side and his agent is kind of being a little stingy here. He, I mean, he's, he's a great running back. Don't get me wrong. He, he is the best in the league. He's been that for three years now. But it's like, man, you know, if he really wants top-notch dollar, I, I don't know if he'll get it in Pittsburgh. And it's just – it's an unfortunate situation, situation just because of how talented the guy is. And, you know, he, he's, he's a great guy. I don't know him personally, but he seems like a great guy. Um, it's just it, – it, it's tough to see the Steelers right now, even me as a fan – even re-signing him. Now, I heard that they said they're close, but I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think it's looking good, and uh, that that's what brings us to our next question. I just want to ask you: do you do you think he's replaceable? Um, as far as being replaceable, I think if he were to walk, I think you guys could pick up someone that could manage uh, a starting running back position in the NFL. Now, as far as like actually replacing his production, I don't think. He's that replaceable because he's obviously he's a guy who can carry the ball and catch it over 400 times a year. He's something that can literally sustain a workload by himself and continue to turn off first downs, catch balls when guys aren't open. So I, I don't think he's replaceable in that aspect. But I think if he were to walk you know, eventually after a year or two, when you guys figure it out, whether that be the draft or free agency, I think you would eventually find somebody that who can who can put up decent numbers. I'm not saying he'll replace Le'Veon Bell because, like I said, I think he's the best running back in the league. So I don't think 
he's replaceable in that sense. But I think you guys would be fine if he were to walk eventually. Yeah, and and like I said, um, running backs are a dime a dozen. You you could honestly find a running back off the streets. Yeah, and exactly. and I'm not saying that because I'm not saying that to knock Le'Veon Bell or anything, but it's like, dude, you know, we've seen running backs for years come and go throughout this league, and you know they're, they're going to be out there. It's just uh, Le'Veon Bell is a special talent, like you said. Uh, he can catch. He he, t- he touches the ball over 400 times a year, which is ridiculous. It's off the charts. Um, it's just it's like you know can can they still win games? Can they still be productive offensively? In my opinion, I think the offense. Obviously, I think it goes through Big Ben. I think you live and die by your quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it's just it, it's a tough situation uh, with Bell, and I, I hope he gets re-signed. But like I said, I just don't I don't know if I see it happening. If you know, not this year, maybe next year, maybe you know, not at all. But um, you know, I, I, do you think they can still be contenders um, in the AFC without Bell? Say they you know draft someone in in the draft this year, or they you know, maybe bump up James Conner to the next role. I mean, do you, can you still see them being contenders without Bell? And yeah, um, so a point that I was about to mention was when um, when D'Angelo Williams first came in, I thought he was just going to be like maybe a third uh, down kind of guy, a guy that just you sprinkle him in here and there. But you see that even somebody like him in the later stages of his career, he was able to come in and be so successful. I mean, he was one of the most productive running backs during the time. So I think, with if let's say Le'Veon Bell does leave, I think you guys still would be able to contend. They'll have uh, Antonio Brown, who's also one of the best in the league, if not the best. You also have like a Juju Smith-Schuster guy who's extremely young at this point in his career, and then you still have other pieces on the offense. You still have a great coaching staff, so I think you guys have all the ingredients to to kind of sustain that same production if he's there to leave. You guys have a smart organization who can easily come in and, and kind of not fix it, but at least manage and still contend. Right, right. Now, if you think, or I'm sorry, if, if you um, saw Le'Veon Bell go to a different team, um, would he still put up the same numbers in your opinion? Because here's the thing. Pittsburgh probably arguably has the best offense line in the league, if not top yeah. three. Do you, do you think if he went to a team like, you know, maybe Oakland or a team that had a lot of cap, maybe the Jets, um, New England, could you see him putting up the same production as he did in Pittsburgh, or would you say he's kind of like a system running back? Yeah, I, th- I think his natural ability, there's things that you can see when you watch Le'Veon Bell play, and you can flat out just see that. Like, for, for me, example, like the way that he's so patient in his jump cuts, like just certain aspects of his game, you can see and just see no one can do this. He's clearly blessed with a talent, and he, he uses his talent and is able to be as productive as possible. But I think... If he were to go somewhere else, I think he'd still be a productive. He'd still be maybe a top five-ish running back. But you guys had, I think, three pro bowlers along the offensive line. So that's always going to be difficult to overcome. And then, especially with all the chemistry he's been there his entire career, I think he might take a step back. He'd still probably have around 1,000 yards, I think, easily over that. But as far as, like, these historic numbers in in the receiving game and the running game, I don't think he'd have the same exact production. Still be pretty good, but maybe not the Le'Veon Bell that we know right now. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. You know, three guys on the offensive line, pro bowlers, and I think, I believe, nine pro bowlers total. Even yeah. even Roosevelt next, fullback, pro bowler. It's just, yeah, he, 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 I mean, it's just hard to tell if he can match that production with another team and if a team would be maybe overpaying him in a way. But um, yeah. la- lastly here on, on the Bell thing, um, oh, gosh, what was, I forgot what I was going to say. 
Um, oh, here we go. Le'Veon Bell. So, in your opinion, uh, off season, do they get a deal done or not? Um, I think it's close. Uh, before I answer that, you said they they are like they they said that they've come close to an agreement. That, that's what they've been reported. Scheffler tweeted that out about a week and a half ago. Said that they were close. Uh, but then there were kind of maybe a little bit of rumors saying that he wasn't true. Uh, so we, we don't really know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the word of Schefter, and, and even Ian Rappaport tweeted that out too. Um, but then it's kind of like it kind of slowed down there saying, man, maybe it wasn't true. You know, they're getting maybe close-ish, but not as close as we think or it was, it was reported. But Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they will end up. I think a franchise tag will probably be the most likely just because, like you said, they, they have so much cap room tied up and there's so many uh, different contracts of, like, these really talented players that I think maybe they'll try just one more franchise tag and then see what happens with some of these other guys and maybe that'll free up room and then he can truly get the real contract that he really wants, which I don't think – I know he's complaining about making $14 million, but I think if you really throw that check right in front of his face, I think he, he wouldn't be opposed to signing as much as he says he does. Right, right. And, I mean, do you think that – because a lot of people are saying that he has a lot of, lot to prove still, mainly from an injury standpoint. But here's the thing. I, I don't think he has anything to prove. He's already proved. He, he, well, we know what he can do. Uh, you know, flat out. We know what he can do. So, it's like the franchise tag, it almost seems kind of like a, like a prove-it kind of deal. But it's not really in, for Le'Veon Bell in that sense. But it's like, you know – Everyone was wondering, you know, can he stay healthy? You know, because he's he got injured in the playoffs uh, last year against New England in the AFC Championship game. Um, you know, 2014, his second year in the league, got hurt in the last game of the year against the Bengals. Wasn't there for uh, the wild card game uh, against Baltimore. So, you know, it's you got to pay that man. And <laughs> I, I I've been saying this for a while. I, I know it's tough, and the Steelers are against the wall with the cap right now. But if they can get a deal done, hats off to the front office. Hats off to the front office. So, um, is there anything else you want to hit on Bell before we move on? I think we pretty much got um, everything. Yeah, as far as um, like, I think this would be if they can somehow get a contract done. I think this would be the perfect time, just because you don't know what's going to happen with Big Ben. So, I think if anything were to happen, you would definitely have a, a franchise player that you can still build around. Because if if you were to lose him and then lose Ben or say any other type of player you're, you're going to have like a semi rebuild. So I think if, if the Steelers are, if there's a way to get it done, then like you said, this is the perfect time and the time to lock him down. Right. Right. So moving on, uh, enough of the bell talk. There's already been enough of that this off season in the last year or two. And it's kind of getting really annoying at this point, but uh, we'll move on to big Ben. I know we, we brought his name up a couple times here. as we talked about bell, um, it is confirmed that Ben did say to his teammates and uh, the front office that he does want to play three more years, and the Steelers and Ben are going to be opening up contract extension talks uh, during this offseason. Um, so good news if you're a Steelers fan. Obviously, Big Ben had a tough start to the year last year, the five interceptions against Jacksonville in Week 5. Uh, after that, he took off. I mean, I, I thought he played exceptionally well and some of the best ball in his career. As you saw, they, they took off from an offensive standpoint and took it all the way in the playoffs. Unfortunately, against Jacksonville, couldn't get it done on the defensive side of the ball. You know, if I were to tell you, you know, the Steelers were going to put up 42 points against Jacksonville, you were going to say, "Oh, that's that's a win for sure." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, now, 
he, now him saying he's going to play three more years, do you think he actually has three years in him? Um, as I don't think he has three years in him. And the reason why I said I think, like you said, he's still very productive, some of the best football he's played. And I think definitely once that game with the five interceptions, uh, once that pass, he got consistent and he was able to put up uh, very productive numbers and lead his team. But I think as, as far as like me physically watching him, I think you can see like his athleticism has regressed and that's kind of the only thing that concerns me. He's still a great player. And I think, I think at best he has maybe like two years max, but that's still more than enough time to win one or two Super Bowls. I think you guys are that talented. So as far as three years, I don't know about that. I wouldn't say that. If it was up to me, I'd say two max, maybe one more, but I would say two max as the, the best estimation. Now, now you're saying two max at an elite level, right? Not just yeah. in general. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I would say in general, just because he was uh, quoted as saying, like, maybe I just don't have it, and there was thoughts about him maybe retiring after this year. So I'd say two years of good football and him just calling it quits. I think if you guys were to, like, go in and win a championship or lose a championship, I think he'd probably call it quits after that. Oh, that would be tough to see. That would be so yeah. tough to see, especially the gamer he is, competitor yeah. he is, which, which would be tough. I hope it doesn't go out that way. So I hope you're wrong, Casey. I don't want to see that. So, but I mean, like, like I said, and the five interception game where he say doesn't have it, I I still think that was sarcasm. I, I mean, it, it was one of those days, man, and it, it, it lit a fire under him. He came out, man, and he just he absolutely tore it up right after that, and he didn't slow down. You know, he went in there. They had that New England game. They should they had New England beat with that Jesse James play, which was just devastating. I mean, it really changed everything in the AFC. You know, Pittsburgh wins that game and. They're sitting there, you know, one seed in the AFC, and possibly we're in the Super Bowl this past Sunday. So you never know how things could have shook up had that call gone differently. But um, now since the draft is coming up here uh, in about two and a half months. Uh, and since you say that Ben maybe only has about two years left, do you think this is the draft where they should maybe select a quarterback in early rounds to, to replace Ben eventually? Yeah, that's a, another great point. I think – there's a, there's a lot of quarterbacks that a lot of people like in this draft, and I think being – I'm not sure well, which pick do you guys have? Uh, I think 28, I believe. Yeah, being like late in the first. I think if you guys absolutely have a quarterback that you love or if someone falls, like say uh, – I don't know if you're a fan of Lamar Jackson, but like say someone like him that has gotten a lot of hype, but maybe they fall and that's a guy that you uh, think can go in there and, and replace him maybe in a year or two, then I think this is definitely the, the time to pull the trigger. I think maybe even – like a Mason Rudolph or a Luke Falk, just someone like that that has the potential to slip or slide maybe the second, third rounds. I think this would be the best time to uh, grab somebody. Now, do you, you like Lamar Jackson? Do you think he's the best quarterback in this class? Um, I haven't done film study, so I wouldn't say he's the best quarterback, but I think he's definitely going to be successful. A lot of people think he's just like a run-first quarterback, but he definitely has a, a really talented arm, and I think people – uh, if, if you go back and watch his games, you'll see that he's not just the running quarterback. He can throw the football. Right. Hey, I I, I think it's Terrell Pryor 2.0 right there with Lamar Jackson. But <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's another story. For me, it's Sam the Man Darnold. I think he's yeah. going to be the best quarterback out of this class. Only because I'm a biased USC fan. That's the only reason why I think that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and like I said, you know, you brought up the Mason Rudolph, Luke Falk guys, and maybe in the later rounds. I don't see those guys as first-rounders. But those could be guys that Ben could coach up. He could, you know, take them take them under his wing and maybe coach up, you know, for the last couple of years of his career and then 
That way, once he's ready to hang it up, then we'll have the next guy waiting in line. I, I think that's what they kind of saw in Landry Jones when they drafted him back in, I think, what was it, 2013, I believe, in the same draft as Bell. I think that's what they kind of saw in Landry. But they're maybe thinking Ben was kind of at the later end of his career, and then, you know, they brought in Todd Haley, offensive coordinator, and then the offense just all of a sudden took off. So, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, it, you know, Ben, like I said, not slowing down. Um, you say only two years left maybe at, at a top level. Um We'll see. It's just time will only tell, and it just seems like as he gets older, he's getting better, which is really weird. And we've seen it, you know, with with Tom Brady. I mean, that guy, still the best quarterback in the league, the goat. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when's this guy gonna just stop? So. Yeah. Um. But enough of the Ben talk. We'll get, we'll get over here uh, for the Steelers now as a, as a whole. Um. I know I, I put on the sheet here. You know, how can the Steelers get back to the Super Bowl stuff like that? Um, now, what, what do you think the Steelers need to do to get over the hump? You know, the hump is New England, really. Um, obviously, they lost to Jacksonville. I don't see Jacksonville really being a threat beyond this year. Here's the thing. I, I think Jacksonville was, was the Raiders of 2016, 12-4 year. They had a great year. Next year, they're going to go 7-9 like they did this year. That, that's the way I see it from Jacksonville, just kind of like one fluke year. I mean, don't get me wrong. That defense is for real, and they beat us twice. But I, I'm telling you, I, I really think both of those wins were fluke wins. And – I'm not saying that because I'm, you know, a biased fan or anything, but honestly, you know, if Shazier's in the lineup, it's like, man, they, they could stop the run. Fournette's getting yeah. shut down. you got to make them one-dimensional, so that's the way I see it. But um, So what, what are some things you think the Steelers absolutely need to do to get over the hump and get back to a Super Bowl? I think, believe it or not, the biggest thing I think with the Steelers, the, the biggest thing getting in their way is themselves. And when I say that, I think they can easily beat New England, they can beat any team in the league. They clearly have a very talented roster. And like you said, I also think these Jacksonville games were flukes. I think they could easily beat them in like a series or something. But as far as getting over the hump, I think they just need discipline. They kind of, I think they overlooked the Jags. When you uh, look back at last year, uh, they had the Facebook Live drama. This year they had the, I forget which player it was. He was like, yeah, play us in heaven or hell, we'll still beat you. So it's just oh, like. yeah, Mike Mitchell. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just certain outside distractions that I think kind of get in the way. If they just take it one game at a time and truly just hone in on each other and get better, I think they can easily contend with any team and be back in the Super Bowl. It's just got to come down to themselves and, and being mentally prepared and mentally aligned with the tasks in front of them. All right. Now, do you think it's possible for them to dethrone the Patriots, or do you think it's maybe someone else in the AFC? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, even when you guys played them, they barely won, and if it wasn't for uh, a missed call and maybe a, a kind of like a bullshit interception, I think they can easily uh, win those games. So, yeah, I think you guys can dethrone the Patriots, and now now is, is really like a, a pivotal time for both franchises because you got uh, Matt Patricia leaving, you got – Brady and Belichick possibly leaving, especially with this McDaniels uh, uh, contract renewal. So I think he may be the head coach soon. So I think this is definitely the time when like things seem like they're falling apart there, and you guys still have uh, all the talent. You still got a really young core of extremely good players. So I think this could definitely be the time you start to see the, the elite franchise in the AFC flip over to you guys. And you also you forgot one thing about the Patriots there, Gronkowski retirement. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot all about that. So it's like I mean, and you you nailed it, man. Patricia leaving and McDaniel's was on the on the brink of leaving too there for a second. No one's you know really unsure about Belichick. I mean, there's 
I, I read somewhere that there's NFL executives that aren't 100 100% sure that Belichick will return for this year, even though he's already said he is. But it's like, man, you know, th- this could be it for New England. The dynasty could be over. And you know, yeah. and we we know how important Gronkowski is to that Patriots offense. I mean, they they struggle without him in there when he got suspended, and, and um, when he when he's been hurt, we've seen him struggle. And it's just, I, I you know, as great as the Patriots are, and and how, how great of a dynasty they had, and the run they had, it's like, man, I just hope this is it. Like, I, I want it to be over so we can finally see, you know, maybe like a like a Big Ben back in the Super Bowl and. You know, Derek Carr. Let's see if the Raiders can get back there. It's time, it's time to see some new blood in there finally. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean that—that's they're losing their guys, and you know, like you said, Gronkowski is a huge one. Yeah, definitely, and especially like uh, what you say, like with them, with their dynasty possibly being over. Even when you look at all the other contending teams at AFC, there's not a team that's been as consistent as you guys, other than the past. So when you think of like say, the Chiefs, who just got rid of Alex Smith and got a new rookie coming in. You've got question marks with these teams that are looked at as the better teams where you guys are the team that are consistently there. You already know that you guys are successful. You have key players that are going to be around. So I think if any time, this is this is definitely the time where I think you'll start to see things switch. Yeah, oh, I, I sure hope so. It's about it's about time. And like I said, we had them beat last year, and if it wasn't for one call, you know, things, things could have changed in the AFC. Things would have been different. So you never know. It's just, you know, it's the way things go. And, you know, hopefully they can be back contending next year in the Steelers. So uh, so what are we thinking? Super Bowl 53, Steelers, Redskins? Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> I love that. Big Ben, Alex Smith, we'll see. How, how you feeling about that move, Alex Smith? So I, I know I talked to you about it the other day, but if you want to get it out here on broadcast, now's your time. So I, I think, uh, like, initially I wasn't even – worried about that my whole thing was the Kendall Fuller getting rid of him but now that it's been a couple days a couple weeks it really sets in uh, I'm excited for what Alex Smith has to offer I don't know that he's that guy that can go out and win us a Super Bowl by himself but I think with someone that can turn the ball over a lot less I think he'll give us a chance to really let our defense make plays our defense improve we brought in some guys and I think with someone that can uh, protect the ball a little bit more and add something with his legs I think It'll give us a better balance, and especially paying him way less. And now with Garoppolo's contract, you know, Kirk Cousins is about to make damn near $150 million. So I'm excited for Alex Smith. I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a game manager is really what he is. Obviously, in KC, the offensive style down there, he's a game manager, and that's all, really all you need when you got a good defense. And, you yeah. know, the Redskins, I think, one of my favorite defenses in the league. I think, they, I mean, they got some talent there. And,. Yeah. I, I know it, it, it kind of hurt losing Cravens last year to retirement because I knew he was, he was going to get a bigger role in the defense this past year. Um, hopefully he comes back because, you know, here in, you know where I'm at, um, he played against my high school, and I got to see him, see him ball out for four years and destroy just everyone in our league. So, um, But on that note, um, that pretty much wraps up everything today. Um, Casey, thanks for joining us, man. I hope to have you on pretty soon, maybe discuss some more things. Uh, if we want, maybe we can do our own little podcast and just have something where we discuss everything around the NFL. So, yeah, um, yeah, so. but that, yeah, it, it was a pleasure having you today. Um, so I hope, hope to have you on. I'll keep in touch with you. Um, guys, this has been another edition of the Steel Crew podcast. Uh, my name is Matt along with Casey. And I hope you guys have a great day.